Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Hadron Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is 106.5 FM, uh, forwardradio.org. Go to that website, and you can find out a little bit more about our station. And also, we're uh, live streaming now, so you click on a button, you can hear us uh, anywhere in the city, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Uh, also, we're uh, archiving on that website, so you can listen to the shows at 12 noon, 12 midnight, whenever you want to. So, folks, uh, again, I'm K.A. Owens. This is On the Edge with K.A. Owens. And we're blessed and favored to have uh, um, Andy Veach here with us today. Uh, Andy Veach is a concerned citizen who studies and researches and familiar with a variety of issues. And uh, we're happy to have you on our show, Andy. So say hello to, to the people. Thank you very much for having me. And so, uh, Andy, uh, tell us what are your... Uh, uh, what issues are you concerned about uh, here lately? Okay. Well, th- this this uh, concern, I'll focus on one. It's the case that the Supreme Court has taken called Moore versus Harper, which involves the independent legislature theory. And the fact that the Supreme Court has accepted this case in the first place should all- have all of us running around with our hair on fire. And that's just not my opinion. Former conservative justice uh, Michael Lutig said in his October 20, uh, 200, or 2022 article in The Atlantic, the Supreme Court will decide before next summer the most important case for American democracy in the almost two and a half centuries since America's founding. His article is entitled, There is Absolutely Nothing to Support the Independent Legis- Legislature Theory. And this is a conservative justice. He, so, I mean, this is his take on it. So uh, he thinks it might knock us totally out of, a, out of being a, a democracy. And we're already teetering on the edge. And from my research, I, uh, I found that the Supreme Court uh, gets about 7,000 requests to review cases each year. They accept about 100 to 150. And in order to accept them, four justices have to... Uh, vote to accept the cases and so that has been done by the you know kind of the uh, more the right wing of it and um, so it, it shouldn't have been taken in the first place and it uh, so it it will determine whether state legislatures have the exclusive and sole authority without interference by the courts and their own state constitutions and to conduct elections, including of drawing of electoral maps and putting forth electors. Depending on their decision, the safeguards the courts provided during the 2020 election may no longer be available. And if a legislature decides to send electors that are not a reflection of the majority of their voters, there may be no recourse. It will all be legal the situation becomes more dire in swing states. Um, so, uh, and as we know, you know, there are more Republican legislature dominated uh, legislatures in the country than Democratic, but it really doesn't make any difference. This thing can swing back and forth. But as a country, it's sort of founded on the principles that you're going to have checks and balances. And if we remove those checks and balances, which would be state courts and state uh, constitutions, and have legislatures who can uh, do whatever they want with no recourse, even selecting electors that are not a reflection of their voters' choices, 
uh, we no longer have a democracy, and it is teetering now. So um, I think it's something that we should uh, really take action on, and, and, and it should be actually possible to take action because it's written right into this thing that uh, this Article 1, Section 4, that the Congress can take action on this. It says, Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1 says, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, but the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations except as to the places of choosing senators. So it's sort of laid out as an invitation that we can do something, our representatives can do something, and make into law that you cannot remove the checks and balances of your state courts and in state constitution. And that is what I would like to see done, and I would like the, the citizens that are listening to this program to take action and to ask their representatives to either sponsor or co-sponsor uh, bills that would be explicit in that uh, state legislatures cannot remove the checks and balances within their own states. So... Uh this uh, this anti-democratic uh, small d uh, effort. Where do you think this these anti-democratic uh, uh, efforts are coming from? Well, I mean, it's the right wing. I mean, just like uh, Judge Ludig said in his uh, article that was published, I mean, he, he said this is really basically a plan to steal the next, next election. The, the 2020 election, the reason that Trump is not in office probably is because despite the many cases that came before the state courts, the case that they were dismissed or you know, they didn't agree that there was any validity to their uh, claims that the election was stolen. And so this could stop all that. Ginny Thomas and John Eastman were putting forth this concept of the independent legislature theory as a, you know, that was their basis for why the election could be overturned. It didn't work in 2020. It could work in 2024 because this case is going to be decided next year, or I mean this year. So it was uh, the oral arguments were heard in um, December, and the decision will be made in uh, 2023. So it's, you know, it's really, really a serious situation. And um, what I'd like to see happen is for the lawmakers to to write these laws. So I am planning on sending requests to all the senators, especially the Democratic ones and representatives, and not all that in the United States, not all the representatives in the United States, but um, but to ask them to sponsor or co-sponsor a law, uh, you know, stating they can't, that states cannot remove the checks and balances in their own uh, states. Yeah. So that's it, what I, I would, so I, and I would hope that your listeners might do something on that order too. Yeah. So it, it seems that the people who call themselves conservatives don't really believe they can win elections fair and square because the policies and uh, that they have uh, are not that popular with the majority of the people in the country. 
So the people who call themselves conservatives, uh, you know, they really had a choice to either modify their policies and reach out to uh, to broaden their base or to double down on uh, a, a set of narrow narrow views. Uh, one of which uh, is uh, white supremacy, of course. Uh, so. Uh, since they can't win, quote-unquote, fair and square, uh, this type of thing is sort of a tool in the toolbox, so, so, sort of a, a making up stuff uh, that's not in the Constitution and saying it's there or just creating uh, concepts out of whole cloth. So... Uh, it's interesting that the Republican Party was advised some years ago to uh, broaden its base and to reach out to more people. They rejected that advice, uh, and the base, of course, voted for uh, former President Trump, who sort of doubled down on everything wrong. He sort of doubled down on... Uh, uh, going back to 1950s version of America, which really wasn't that great uh, for a lot of people, people of color and even uh, white women. It wasn't that great. Uh, uh, not a lot of opportunity for white women outside the home in the 50s. Uh, 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 in fact, at, uh, at the end of World War II, uh, uh, a lot of women were forced out of the workplace so that there would be jobs available for the soldiers coming home from World War II. So, uh, you know, uh, 1946, Rosie the Riveter was over. No Rosie the Riveter. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and so we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know... Uh, uh, the late Blaine Hudson said that, uh, you know, human society goes backwards just as frequently as it moves forward if you look at history. And uh, and what I've said is if you look at the fall of the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire lasted a thousand years. And, uh, and then when it fell, you couldn't get a hot bath in Europe for another thousand years. So... Uh, uh, you know, the Romans had it, had it going on. They had running water. They were piping, you know, uh, you know, they had aqueducts going from w clean water sources to their cities. They had roads. They had civilization. And then when it, uh, when the Roman Empire fell, uh, uh, it took really literally a thousand years to get some semblance of civilization back in Europe. So, and that if you, of course, now when civilizations fall, it does create opportunities for others. That is, uh, the fall of the Roman Empire, of course, uh, gave an opportunity for the Vikings to uh, roam the world uh, and wreak havoc because uh, there was no force to oppose them. And so it really created a tremendous amount of opportunities for the Vikings to... Uh, 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 attack England, uh, uh, all the coastal areas, uh, and even roam into uh, what today what we call Ukraine and Russia. That is, you know how Putin pretends that uh, 
uh, Ukraine is part of Russia. No, that's not the connection. The connection. He also pretends Alaska is part of Russia too. Well, uh, the connection between Ukraine and Russia was that they were both invaded by uh, people from Scandinavia, what we would call Vikings, which was an activity, and they both had uh, a kind of Viking aristocracy that dominated the Slavic lands. Uh, and gave up the Viking language, uh, uh, but created sort of a, a ruling class of Viking-descended people that ruled uh, the what we call today the, the Ukraine and Russia. So uh, that's the relationship between Ukraine and Russia, not Russia dominating the Ukraine. The relationship is that the, that the Slavic peoples were dominated by Viking warriors. So, uh, so I mean, uh, uh, Putin claiming the Ukraine makes about as much sense. It makes less sense than uh, 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 Denmark and Sweden claiming the Ukraine, because once upon a time, uh, Viking warriors dominated both Russia uh, and uh, Ukraine. So. Uh, uh, so, as uh, a point, so and the thing about civilizations falling, they never see it coming. They never do. That is, yeah, and that is a good point here because that's what I'm afraid is going to happen here. Is there's very little consciousness of this Moore versus Harper case in the public arena, and that's part of my reason for wanting to talk on this because I want to. I want this to be more in people's minds. This is a real threat. And it, it's a solvable thing if our legislature, if our Congress will work, do something about it. it. It's very solvable if they will. I'm afraid they're not going to. And then all of a sudden the axe is going to fall and our democracy is going to be gone. Well, uh, just as a point, uh, too, do you think that... Uh, Russia, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, the German Empire, and the Ottoman Turkish Empire would have engaged in World War One if they knew it would foresee the end of their version of civilization, the end of their society. Of course not. They didn't see it coming. They thought uh, 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 the German Empire uh, under the Kaiser, Kaiser Bill, Kaiser Wilhelm, and uh, the czar of all the Russias and uh, uh, whoever was running the Ottoman Turkish Empire, the Pashas or whatever, uh, and the, the Archduke who was running the Austro-Hungarian Empire, they couldn't foresee that World War I would be the end of everything. They couldn't see it. They thought they would just have a regular little war. And then after a certain point, people would get tired of fighting. Then they negotiate a peace, and things would just keep going the way they always had, right? That's what they thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I, you know, I'd like to say something too about the conservatives too. I do think there are conservatives, and Michael, uh, former justice Michael uh, Ludig, is one of them, and he's a conservative justice that do want democracy. I think there are a lot of conservatives that do want democracy, but I don't think a lot of them see 
I don't think that a lot of them see the danger posed by this, um, the, the Supreme Court taking this case. Uh, and, um, you know, I mean, like, uh, as we, when we watched the January 6th hearings, I mean, we had Bowers, that, we had many Republicans that were testifying because they could see something wrong. And they didn't want that to happen. They didn't want to see lawlessness. They didn't want to see, um, you know, basically the moral decay and, uh, and the criminality. And they testified. And so they were powerful in their testimony. And, and they're conservatives. I mean, Cheney is one of them. She, she wants a democracy. So, uh, there, you know, these, this, is, this is, should be a nonpartisan issue. It should be a nonpartisan issue, but uh, but it's, as it turns out, though, I mean, you know, the, the more right-wing uh, part of the ju- uh, court has accepted this case instead of letting the lower ruling stand, which did not promote that theory, the independent legislature theory. So, you know, in that score, we're in trouble. So, well, yeah. uh, Joe Biden could solve the problem by expanding the United States Supreme Court. He should do it. He shouldn't hesitate to do it. And the fact that he has is a problem. That is, Joe is very loyal to the system that produced him. That's why he shows a lot of respect to senators, even uh, folks like uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, and institutions. But the institutions have to be modified to protect society, to protect democracy. Uh, That is, and expanding the number of Supreme Court really doesn't really do anything except expand the number of judges it stays the same uh whether you move it to uh, uh 13 uh or whatever you move it to uh that brings the system back in balance for a while the problem with the united states is is that if you look at history even though the majority of look the majority of the people in the united states are more progressive than Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi put together. However, our political, uh, our public policies don't reflect that. And that's because of, you know, every state has two senators and gerrymandering uh, within states and so on and so forth. Uh, That is is, uh, anti-democratic structures built into the system by the founding fathers. So, uh, uh, so Joe just has to be strong, uh, Joe Biden, uh, and do the right thing, expand the Supreme Court. Now, that doesn't mean that a violent minority can't uh, uh, overpower uh, a passive majority. Because if you listen, look, at, look at Afghanistan... The views of the Taliban do not represent the majority of the Afghan people. The form of Islam of that the Taliban claim to believe in does not represent the majority of the Afghan people. But the Taliban are violent and, uh, of, course, uh, uh, of course, maintain with the support of Pakistan, of course, right? Uh, uh, I mean, we found bin Laden, who was uh, uh, living happily in Pakistan with his wives, right? So uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, he was right. he was living close to the uh, 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 the Pakistan equivalent of West Point. So uh, uh, so uh, 
So uh, the Taliban represents a, a vicious, violent minority. And that uh, something like that could happen here. That is, the, the conservatives today, the white Christian nationalists, they've been compared to kind of a white Taliban. And that is what they are, their position on gays, their position on women. That is, you see how this uh, in Missouri, the state legislature has made a rule where women have to wear sleeves. I mean, it's 2023. <clears throat> why do women, why are they even concerned about women wearing sleeves? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it well, <laughs> patriarchal, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's... Um, so those, we have to be wary. people that are making those sorts of laws are the people that could end up with total and absolute control over elections with no recourse except to go to the Supreme Court of the United States. Not their own state courts or their own... And, and referring to their own constitution. Those same people that make those kind of decisions could be in charge of the uh, overturning election, and many of them seem to be willing to do it within our own Congress this last time uh, on January 6th. They, they weren't willing to accept the, um, you know, that, they, that it was a legal election, that Biden is a legitimately elected pre president. And the only recourse, if you don't like elections, here's the recourse, it's violence. That's it. It's the two things, elections, Civilized elections or violence. Those are the choices. So, yeah, that's it. So it's the question of will uh, essentially the conflict is between really the good white people and the bad white people. So the 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 issue in the United States is will the good white people be strong enough to hold off the bad white people, and so the minorities in the United States have never, ever had the power to bring down or destroy the United States. And when I talk about well, they the... Elected, they elected Biden. If it wasn't... if it, they, they elected Biden and they elected Obama. So uh, the minorities actually are responsible for electing those two good presidents. And so... Um, I said and bring down. Help, with some yeah. help from some the good white people, but I said bring down. The majority of the mm. majority of the minorities were electing the right person, and so I I I, I tip my hat to them. Really, you know, I exactly. Mean, I, I'm grateful. So even the majority of of white women voted for Trump twice. So, exactly. but I'm talking about exactly. what I'm that, talking about the is the it, it is the problem the it American is, Indians that are left. They haven't been exterminated, don't have enough power to do any serious damage to the United States. Black folk have never had enough power to do any serious damage to the United States. The only group of people that has the power to destroy the United States is American white people, not Russians, not Chinese. No. The Russians... Yeah, and they're, and they're working on it. They're working on it. <laughs> that's that's my that's that's kind of my that's my kind of my uh, you know my where I'm pleading I'm going to be pleading with these um, Congress people to uh, put these laws in effect. And honestly, when I call them up on the phone, most of the a lot of these people don't have any idea what I'm even talking about. You know, they don't even understand that this case is there. It's going to be decided on and what the ramifications could be. 
And I don't know how they're going to decide for sure, but all I know is if you take a case, then you are not necessarily willing to let the lower ruling stand. And the lower ruling favored Harper, which was not the independent legislature theory. So the fact that they've been taking the case is a big red flag. And the fact that they've had four justices that wanted to have a review of this case and wanted to rule on it is a big, a big red flag. They just need one more, one more to put them over the top. So uh, the question is, uh, you know, white people are still in the majority. Uh, so it just depends which section of white people sort of wins out. Uh, and of course, as far on the electoral thing uh, side, of course, uh, yes, 99% of, uh, at least 99% of black women sort of vote correctly and close to 90, close to probably 95 or 95% percent of black men and uh uh but uh and in uh, uh course when joe got in that is true when uh, uh south carolina went for uh, the blacks in south carolina went for, went for went for joe that 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 sort of was the key so but the point i'm trying to make is that uh it all depends on the good white people versus the bad white people as far as uh and the whole the trump phenomena he's just sort of the avatar uh he's just a symbol he's the lowest common denominator uh he's the person who catered to their little scapegoating type of things that, that they wanted to find a scapegoat it's the mexicans it's uh, you know, although I have to say, our, you know, our resources are finite. And when we see a lot of people gathered at our border, those people are not coming here for a holiday. And they're not even coming here for a white picket fence. They're coming here because they're scared to death where they are. And one of the reasons they're scared to death, not the entire reason, but one of the reasons, is because American guns are flowing across the border to them and their gangs and cartels and all of that are terrorizing these people to an extent we cannot even imagine. And so, but on the other hand, we also have to, we should stop that. We should stop all this gun business so that, get rid of the assault rifles, get rid of the uh, exporting of them and anybody, I mean, this should, there should be some harsh penalties on this. And, I mean, give these people a break. I mean, they're dying in their own country, and the amount of people that are cited as dying is only a fraction of the people that are actually injured by American guns. So, um, but when they come over to this country, I mean, we have, we have a situation now in the Southwest where they, the water is almost at a dead pool status, where one community, the border Scottsdale, is uh, being denied water and uh, so there's finite resources there's people taking water out of the ground the aquifers and exporting it for cattle overseas apparently it, it's finite so even if you have land it doesn't mean you have enough water and i don't know what you're going to do if you don't have enough water i mean you can sue all the people you want you can uh, see uh, you know look across the plains and do all that kind of stuff and you can say there's room 
but if there isn't water, what are you going to do? Well, here's so, the here's the point uh, so, you want to make so about the people that are for you know against having this you know kind of unimpeded access to just walking into the United States. They have a point. They do. But here's the problem that uh, people are coming from Venezuela because the United States has decided to crush the economy of Venezuela. And so if the United States would get off Venezuela's back, then the people would stay. For instance, we had a shortage of fuel. Well, there used to be sit-go stations here in the United States. Sit-go is Venezuela. Uh, We shut those down. And Cuba, the people of Cuba are coming here because we are, are not letting their economy function. So the United States needs to get off Cuba's back, get off Venezuela's back. The people will stop leaving. So uh, I, I, I agree. A lot of a lot of what is happening in these other countries is because of our own mismanagement of things. Right. So, folks, and, uh, and, and, we've been here yeah. today uh, with uh, Andy Veach, uh, concerned citizens, who has very strong, informed com- uh, opinions on a variety of subjects. So we're always happy to have Andy here with us. Andy, thank you so much, and we'll be back next week. 